We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D&D with the Cave Trolls. All right, hello and welcome to the Cave Trolls podcast. My name is Terry. Uh, actually, I so my name is Terry. And I've had a few questions yes. about this because I had a few people go, oh, I started reading the comic book stuff. They had backed Tokyo Fire. TS. Oh. So I am probably going to switch to TS at some point. And it's not a pretentious thing. It's just a brand thing. So if you call me what Terry, it's that is, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, you know, if you say you're branding, it's a little pretentious. So you're not wrong. Yeah. But uh, yeah. for for sake of management, I'm probably going to switch. Mm-hmm. So when you hear that happen, it's not going to be today, <laughs> but when you hear it happen, I just want you to know it's a planned thing. You're not having a stroke. Uh, well, maybe you are. So just, you know, pay attention to the other things. But it's not because you hear TS instead of Terry. Okay. I will try not to have a panic. Terry. I was mostly talking to the audience. <laughs> sorry, but uh <laughs> Listen, it's fine. I'm very lucky. I don't need a pet name cuz my name is real weird. So That's very like if your last name was Smith, you know, you might have to reconsider, but Maybe. It's not. <laughs> like exactly. I have a weird first name and a weird last name. I would say I have a weird middle name, but I don't have a middle name. Fun fact for those who didn't Which know is that. weird in itself. It's weird, and the fun story with that is I asked my parents about it because my brother, my little brother, has a middle name, and he has a weird name as well, like a weird first name. But he has a middle name, which is my dad's name. And so I asked my parents, I'm like, hey, why don't I have one? And then I think my mom, like, deadpan, look at me, and she said, your first name was enough. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that (laughs) And I said, you know what? Fair, but also I hate you (laughs) in a loving way. But like, how dare you? Your first name is enough. That's I should have taken that lesson. My kids have like six names, you know. I remember when you and your wife were talking about that, and I literally like stared at you. I'm like, you're giving your kid how many names? I just want them to have choices. They were really cool names, yeah. Yeah. And you had great reasons for it. Exactly, you want them to have choices. I'm not gonna hold them to it. Like they're not. They don't have to say every single name when they get in trouble. I usually don't even have to get to the middle name because there's so many first names that. I can just right, say exactly. those. So, like, there's reasons, but there is a part of me that feels bad sometimes. Like when you when you you told me that story before, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I hear it sometimes. Where I'm like, that should have been enough. Like, I, <laughs> there is already a lot. That's enough. You just need it's like an invisible hand on your shoulder of some like parental figure, just like that's enough. Right. My, my daughter's You're middle enough. name is, is Gwendolyn, and I'm like, that's a lot. That's a lot right there. That's uh. It okay. is a lot, but it's also a great name. It's a dope name, right? But uh, yeah. either way, my name is Terry Smith, and I am the host of this show, The Cave Trolls, where we talk about all the TTRPG news that you should know about this week. Uh, with me, as always, is one half of the Slovenly Trolls. Sharday, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. And the other half of the Slovenly Trolls is Missy, M-I-A, uh... You know, uh, about to put her <laughs> face on a milk carton. I think, yeah, exactly. I think she was abducted by aliens, actually. Um, or abducted maybe is a strong word. Is. I don't know if someone could take Lissa. I think that, like, she decided that they're taking her, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. No, she built a homing beacon. Right. And then she did the cheat code, like you do in The Sims, to summon aliens. And then that's how, like, she You would. Was. You would reference Sims. You know, like, there's, there's so Listen, much that's... 
just like listen you know part of your aesthetic <laughs> and it's de- sims it definitely is. fits it i'm a sims girly and i'm proud of that but also i skim with the articles you put in the rrs <laughs> and if you don't think i'm gonna bring that up you're fucking wrong <laughs> well, like, like when i think of like my bingo card for char it's like okay well like show tunes uh yep. bad romantic fantasy she also likes good romantic fantasy <laughs> but bad romantic fantasy comes up more often uh <laughs> Then uh, what else is there? The Sims, obviously. Just straight up smut. Uh, Don't even Uh worry about the fantasy part. You know, like, it's just, Uh there's some things where I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely got the bingo today. (laughs) Um, I'll just make a little bingo card for each of us. Thank you. Thank you. The the free space is just elves. Yeah. Because it'll always be mentioned. Absolutely, for all of us, literally. It'll be for all of us. Either choking elves, elves are hot, or I hate elves. <laughs> a little bit of uh, housekeeping for you. I did a charity stream over on the Vac Terror. Uh, friend of the show, uh, Rick from Hammer of the Gods, uh, brought me on with one of the creators of Babies and Broadswords, a really awesome uh, TTRPG where you play as a baby, and it's like D&D and Dungeons, uh, but your babies, and we did a horror-themed one for October, or Spooktober, as they call it over on the Vactair. Um, I played one half of two kids stacked on top of each other in a trench coat, and we were a bunch of little monsters investigating uh, this thing that the humans call Halloween, and it was a lot of fun. So go check that out on the Vactair. You can watch the, the what's what's it called, the video-on-demand version. Um, the VOD. Yes, uh, Jason, the creator of Babies and Broadswords, uh, was the babysitter which is the dm in that game and it was it was a good time lots of shenanigans were had so go check that out it's for charity you can still donate for extra life uh which is an awesome charity you should go look into it so go give money to the kids for uh a a lot of it goes to if you don't know what uh um uh uh, I'm breaking down here. I need more coffee. I feel my brain slowing down as I get this. <laughs> uh, Extra Life uh, provides uh, a lot of really awesome stuff to cancer patients and like like video games and things to keep spirits up. It's just mm-hmm. one of the coolest charities. So when they were like, hey, I know you don't like actual plays, but will you come to this one for charity? I was like, yes, I, well, I have to. Fuck. <laughs> like, am I supposed to say I don't care about the kids? Like, listen. sure. I mean, Lissa and I were also in the chat watching. So. Oh, God. What did you? <laughs> Yeah, what did you think of my first appearance on an actual play? I thought it was very entertaining. I really liked it. I thought it was very heartwarming when you asked for the other PCs to like get on your shoulders. I listen, I had yeah. only I had only met Lee like tangentially and the <laughs> fact that he was like down to do that and I was like yeah. I think we just became friends because he, I, like you we just become best friends. <laughs> exactly. Like we were just on the same page. So shout out to Philippe. That character was amazing. A little vampire um but yeah so go check that out and without further ado let's get into the show um did you make a run a show for this one do we know what we're talking about uh should i just make stuff up uh some new games are released (laughs) they probably used ai and we're mad about it um D D probably still sucks uh 
what else mm-hmm. um i'm sure somebody made a new actual play uh that's usually on the list uh but oh, yeah, for, usually, yeah. <laughs> the, that's on uh the bingo list for for bits and bobs so first up bits and bobs this is where we talk about all the new games heading to a table near you first up is the hidden isle embark on a tarot adventure wield magic and fight tyranny across mm-hmm. the renaissance world in this ttrpg powered by card divination uh, this is just, uh, this is a astrology girlies, uh, what dreams? This is the tarot cards, the game. Like you only use tarot cards. Yes. Uh, I love that. <laughs> yes, I, I, I've seen this popped up on a couple of different circles that I'm in, and people are like, "Oh yeah, you need to fucking check this out." Uh, and I was like, "Do I? Do I need to check this out?" Or I was gonna uh, say, did they send it to you just to make you mad? I think so. I think <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Like they just tried to set me off. It's just like I got a couple people who messaged me about signs the other day. I'm like, do you just know that this angers me? Is that what this is? Like... <laughs> I mean, that's what I do whenever I want to make you angry. Is I just say it's because I'm a cancer. <laughs> do I actually uh, believe it? That's up to you to decide. <laughs> and I just don't want to. So the Hidden Isle is a pen and paper RPG that uses tarot cards instead of dice, set in the 16th century on the secretive island of Dioscoria. It focuses on role playing and collaborative storytelling uh it's got swashbuckling adventures in europe and the middle east stealing forbidden texts from oppressive regimes protecting an island of outcasts using ancient magic and toppling empires with just the right speech at the right time i love this idea let's take down the bourgeoisie uh that stuff i'm into the running the game purely with tarot cards as much as i'm not a fan of tarot when it comes to literal divination um Mm -hmm. i do find them immensely fun around the table and you know you've been at my my table when i gm everyone brings (gasps) their own tarot cards and we use them oh my god i just remembered we didn't draw tarot at the end of the last <gasps> we didn't game that we, we need did. to we didn't on either god game either it. party we didn't do oh it. my god we i'll try to one. remember at the top of whichever game we play next well, <laughs> well we might we'll do have it, we might have to do it before that. like have everybody draw like i in think between. so i think we'll have to do it before it's a really cool game mechanic for those of you who don't know that we use them sometimes for terry's games it's just like it doesn't have to like mean anything if you don't want it to but like it's so cool to just let go of your brain for a second and kind of like put meaning on the tarot in terms of like whatever tabletop game you're playing it just adds like a cool mysticism to it if you've never tried it i really like doing it (laughs) yes and that's what like when this game i was like actually you know what that could be a vibe if it's like purely that um the only issue that i could see is like um if it's purely improvisational uh what happens when they disagree on the reading? Like, obviously, the GM wins, probably. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> That's even better. Like, roll for it or, like, have, like, a debate. I don't know. I like that, though. Give me more conflict. Like, that's where all the meat juice is. You know? <laughs> the meat juice. Uh, yeah. They do use them for skill checks as well. So there's a, there's a chart in there. Uh, and I, I could go more into it. But go check out uh, the game for yourself because I don't want to give it all away. But the Hidden Isle, uh, it's up on Kickstarter right now. It's already fully pledged. They, they were looking for ten grand. They hit 177000 uh, the astrology like, girlies came through. They really <laughs> did, and they're only like halfway through, so there's plenty of time to back it. Amazing. I let's see what you can jump into for a digital copy of the game, like just the PDF. That's uh, 25 pounds, or is that euros? 25 euros. Euro. Uh, Twenty-seven dollars in real money. And uh, if you want to get the Tome of, of Adventures, that's sixty bucks, and that's an actual physical copy. Um, and I. You don't get a tarot deck with that one though. For that, that is a disclaimer. No. It's Sixty bucks just for the book. If you want a tarot and the tome, that's going to be about eighty. 
Uh, so it's a little bit on the pricier side when it comes to that. Now, in their defense, printing cards, kind of expensive. Um, I'm looking yeah. into doing it for a Kickstarter I'm doing in February, and uh, not not cheap. <laughs> on top of, no. like, paying for the design of each card, having them printed, uh, if you're not just doing, like, a 52, uh, like, you know, classic playing card deck, it gets up there in price. So uh, I, I don't think $80 is unfair, but uh, I don't know if people are going to jump into it. Like I said, if you're looking for a tarot card deck, though to use with other games tarot is such a fun thing that you can add on to almost any system so you you have that double thing i don't know why i'm trying to sell you on this so hard it's already backed i'm getting this game um (laughs) (laughs) you're just trying to prove to the astrology girlies like listen if if you make a good game it's fine i Exactly. Um, so, like, I already got. I I, I only did the digital version because I only need the rules. I have my own tarot decks. But uh, yes, go check out the hidden aisle. Uh, Sharday, are you finally gonna back one of these? Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, I wish, but I'm part of two uh, dice things this Christmas, mm. so that's where all my money is going for dice. Exchanges. It got so expensive so quick. <laughs> I started putting together like a little wish list for everybody, and I was like, yeah. okay, I kind of hit a price point where I can afford. Everyone gets cool dice because I'm like, I don't want to be yeah. the one guy who gets everybody cheap dice, you know? Which is like, you like right, blue, exactly. so you get blue dice. So like, I tried to go right. a little bit harder, but then. I realized that I just did mine. Emily hadn't done anything yet, so like I had to oh, double it. I was right, like, "Oh right, shit!" Right, right. Uh, you do have a shared bank. I do. <laughs> I do have a shared bank, uh, and it, with somebody who makes uh, as little as I do making comic books, uh, it it does add right. up quickly. So it does, yeah. but like, and, and I have like a very specific taste in dice. I will never give somebody dice that I don't already approve of. Obviously, <laughs> it's very bougie and expensive, so <laughs> it adds up very quickly. But I'm so happy to do it. This is not like me, like, oh my god, I'm broke. Like, I don't care. No, I it's, it's just fun. Dice. Like, like I'm also broke, and it was like when you guys did wanted to do it last year. I felt like I was the holdout, and I was like, you know what? If they're down to do it, then I'm in because yeah. it was a lot of fun, and I love the fucking dice that. I have so go yeah, trade exactly. dice with your I friends. I love that. Yeah, like I have. We're doing one in your group that we have. Um, we're doing it. Everybody gets everybody dice, and then in another group, I'm having. We're just doing Secret Santa style, where we each have one person. I wanted um, to do Secret Santa, but everybody was let down by it. They were like, "No, I want 15 dice. I want to get one for no, everybody." No, I want more. I'm a goblin. Yes, exactly. So it's and it's I'm okay, like, but. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would have agreed to that if I already was doing that with my other group, but we're just doing Secret Santa. So I'm just like, okay, I have one Secret Santa, and then I have, like, a party of people. I can do that. Maybe not two parties of people, but I can do that. I I'm just, like, to play full politics, if you want to suggest to the group, be like, you're poor, let's do a Secret Santa drawing, I will back your play. Uh <laughs> So just like keep that. Wait, keep we've that already in mind. signed the contract in blood. Like it's too late. Now. <laughs> it's no. too late for it. Uh, yeah. Like you know, we can't elect a speaker of the house, but we can. Uh, we can agree <laughs> on how we're gonna trade dice. Um, <laughs> I know, too real. Uh, moving on, the Outer Rim Uprising is a mothership RPG setting in a box full of Android unions and cracks in the universe. I'm excited for this game. This might be the first mothership game that I own. I've got to play it now once or twice, and I, I dig the the rules light of it all. Um, and all of the mothership games remind me of how unique all the settings are for Powered by the Apocalypse, but in a system that I prefer. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> so as like it starts to grow, I'm getting uh, kind of excited for it. And this one is like full like zine style with like how they're doing it. Like it very has like a like a comic book. Uh, feeling to it all. So a collective of designers are crowdfunding a box setting full of adventures, supplements, art, and even a music cassette for the Mothership tabletop RPG. Outer Rim Uprising invites players to explore life on the bleeding edge of civilization as told through a series of pamphlets, handouts, zines, and other collaborative creations. The Kickstarter campaign is organized by the Lost Bay Studio, but contains the work of more than 20 illustrators, editors, designers, and layout artists, all working on a shared science fiction setting called the Outer Rim. Everything on offer is interconnected in small ways that allows them to to be dropped into any existing mothership campaign or used on their own for one shot uh, sessions. Uh, so I'm, I'm really, really digging this. Uh, if you don't know, how do I describe the mothership RPG? Um, do you remember anything about any of the other ones that I've shown you Sade, in this? Bold of you to assume. <laughs> I'm not assuming. I asked. I asked. <laughs> no, I remember the name. The name sounds familiar, but we cover so many different RPGs. <laughs> I could not pull the description out of a lineup. So it's it's me. really simple. It's a D100. They call it the Panic Engine, which is really cool. Um, so it's like it's kind of rules light. Uh, I don't I, rules light. I don't think does it justice. I think it's simple to pick up, hard to master. Like it's got like kind of like a deeper thing. Like the rolling mechanic, super simple. But if you die into it a little bit deeper there's some fun crunch to get into if that's what you're feeling mm -hmm. um it fits a lot of sci-fi settings they uh, people have used the license to do other settings as well but i think it fits the sci-fi setting really well um but to get back to outer rim you can go check this out up on kickstarter they too were looking for like eight grand uh they were they were looking for eight thousand six hundred and twenty two dollars which means they fucking did their research it was like this is exactly what we need to make our money everyone gets paid their $20 and we can print X amount of copies. When you see a number that specific, that's that's what it means. Or they were just having fun. Mm. Usually it means they did some fucking research. And uh, they've been 900% funded uh, within just Dang. a few days. They're sitting at $94,000. So a little bit over 900% uh, now. But uh, yeah. So just uh, freaking awesome. You can go get the digital bundle for 25 That is pounds. So 25 pounds um or uh you can get the full bundle for 40 and i think uh you that's with the print copies so uh not a bad deal at all uh ships anywhere in the world go check that out and go check out the mothership uh rpg not a lot of people um that i know play it but it seems to be gaining a lot of popularity online uh, I've seen some really cool lists that are, like, uh, nowhere mentioned any of the games that used to be on top ten lists, where it's always, like, D&D, &D, Pathfinder, Cthulhu. Now I'm seeing shit like, well, Merkboard mostly, and then I play a little bit of Mothership, and I'm like, this is just so rad. I'm loving that all these other games are getting the spotlight. So go check it out um, and pick up this Kickstarter because it adds a bunch of extra shit, and I may or may not have backed this one, too. I didn't whisper as much as I wanted to on that one. You didn't uh, caress the mic. I much. didn't. I, I don't have it. I have like a really bad cold going on right now, and I've been trying to fight through no. it with caffeine. But I slept like two hours last night because I drank a bunch of coffee to play Babies and Broadswords. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yes, and then when I was finally like, well, I need to lay down for a few, um, I my water bottle didn't have the lid on all the way, and I set it in, in my bed. And I have a bunch of memory foam, like a memory foam mattress, memory foam body pillow, memory foam pillow on top of the memory foam body pillow. Mm -hmm. And so there was just so much water soaked into my bed. 
<laughs> that I had to like dry stuff oh, out in the middle God. of the night. But because it's memory foam, my wife didn't even uh, know that anything happened. Like didn't budge because it's you know it does. It's like those commercials where someone's jumping on the bed and the the wine glass doesn't move. Like she didn't even notice. But well, I didn't sleep. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you hear me starting to have a stroke, that's why. It's my, my body is just slowly dying because I haven't slept in days. Um, uh, next up, uh, this is on Lissa. We put this on here because she wanted to talk about it, but she's not here. And this is Backwards <laughs> Regional American Gothic Horror. Um, and this actually had a, a whole lineage. I was reading an article about it up on uh, um, uh, Dicebreaker. And by the way, go check out the article on Outer Rim. Uh, so there was a whole article written about it. And who wrote that? Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. I'll, I'll link to it. But there's a really cool write-up on a bunch of the different people involved in that. So go check it out. But backwards, regional American Gothic horror step into a bizarre post-apocalyptic America with two new regional settings for the backwards American Gothic horror universe, which I didn't know existed. <laughs> like, I don't... No, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about this TTRPG, so I, I'm not going to attempt to sell you on it. Um, I'm digging the vibe. I, I like the artwork for it. And uh, they have a lot of supplements for this. So, like, they have backwater, back channels, backwoods, and back roads. Um, all over 200 pages. So there's a ton of shit for it. Um, I'm going to read from the game features here. So if I, it sounds like I'm reading verbatim, it's because I am. Each book of the Backward series describes a region of post-apocalyptic America, a ward, and a player character's take on the role of adventurers and wardens tasked with protecting their region from supernatural horrors. Written in part by local authors with illustrations by local artists and reviewed by sensitive readers with lived experiences in these regions. With three limited release uh, covers by Isabel Burke and one by Marlo Loon available only on Kickstarter. I, I love all the stuff that they're talking about. I don't know too much about the yeah. system. Um, it's a, it's a, let's see, it's printable on roll 20. Uh, so you can do fully um, uh, digital if you want to, if you want to jump on the VTT. It's a D20 game system still. So, uh, so not too unfamiliar. So you'd probably be able to bust it out with your D&D group. Um, they're calling it an OSR. So if OSRs are usually like old school role-playing RPGs. They're usually a D20 system that's pretty straightforward in with the rule set of like classic D&D. So you can move, you have an action. Uh, it's usually a D20 at a skill. So it's pretty straightforward. So if you've played Dungeons and Dragons, you'd probably be able to play, um, uh, backwater. Uh, yeah. No, backwards. That's what it's called. Backwards. Oh, backwards. Uh, yeah. So, like, just to, to give you an overview on OSRs, because I play a shit ton of them, you'd probably be able to pick this up. But I love uh, that so many people are taking back OSR, because for a long time, OSRs were like, ah, you know, those woke liberals, they want me to be able to have right. an X card on the table. And there are just so many mm -hmm. games that are like, fuck that. Like, you can like rolling a D20 without being a piece of poop. And the fact that they actually got local writers to go, okay, this is where I think the apocalypse would go in this setting. Um, and plus, I always say look for uh, locals when you're talking about supernatural stuff. Number one, because you can avoid a lot of appropriation um, from minority groups. Like I hate seeing any sort of like indigenous stuff written by a white dude. Not because it can't be good, but because you're probably going to do something offensive in there. Just because you don't know it as right. well. It's not always across the board. But when you find the other thing, like past that, past like the possibility of offensiveness is when you get a local writing horror, and especially supernatural horror, anything with like a cryptid in it, 
you're gonna get stuff that you've never heard of right like you, when you exactly, think of, like, like local legends exactly you're gonna get these like almost like creepypasta bloody mary type like you know uh, things that you would have never heard about otherwise because it's like mm. a local legend. And I, I just, those are always so cool. Um, that's partly why Supernatural, the show, did so well at first because they used a lot of local legends from the places that the that the guys would drive to. And it was stuff that people didn't necessarily have like, heard of all the time. Right. So, like if you're from there, you would know. Like if you get any Michigan writer to write anything creepy, you're yes. going to have them write about the Haunted Lakes. Like, the Haunted Lakes just... or Dogman pops up a lot and like trying right. to explain like the legend of Dogman to people and they're like oh my god is this exactly. real i'm like no but it's dope right <laughs> <laughs> no but we'll tell you how late uh how lake superior doesn't give up her dad no like, no i just i love it so much but it, like all the haunted lighthouses <laughs> i visited in my youth oh my uh, god it's yeah. just it's just so neat but like that's the stuff you get when you use local writers so fuck i think i'm gonna break mm, my rule so i think more, i'm gonna back yeah, this like, one too yeah it's like it it's so much more authentic, I feel like, is probably the best word for it. And just authentic and unique. 100%. So the fact that they leaned into that is great. I also recognize a couple of the writers on this oh, project. Hell yes. Because I follow them on Twitter. Not as mutuals. I'm not that cool. But, like, I do recognize <laughs> a lot of <laughs> But that's not, that's not an <laughs> indictment of, of them. That's more on us being smaller, you know, like very small um i think the biggest people we know are the three black halflings and they are amazing people so and like, like also like i always say we just be like in like the royal we you are much bigger and when it comes to influence than i am i had somebody um recently they were talking about like you did a thing and they're like oh my god it's lovely chills who's that guy and that was the literal thing that they said and i was like i'll oh, take no. it i'll take it that's fair that's fair <laughs> Shout out to Russ. I'm pretty sure Russ was like, uh, well, you know, he hosts the the cage and they're like, That's what's scary. that? <laughs> Listen, we've been be we've been better about shouting out cave trolls uh, at the end of our episodes. It's just when you do a monthly podcast, it's so hard to remember what we shout out. Especially since like when we do have like we can't really shout out Lissa's actual plays because like they're usually scheduled like a couple weeks in advance, and sometimes like the stars do not align, and like the actual play will be airing after the episode or no before the episode premiere so like it's not even worth plugging <laughs> it's very <laughs> difficult to like plug stuff and we're finally getting like in that mindset of even like remembering like oh yeah we interviewed for this podcast last month but it was a month ago and we have the brains of peas since the panini so like we can't like remember that far back like oh yeah we did do this thing we should probably plug it we're good on social media when it's happening but like on the actual like feed where more people hear us most of the time really bad at it sorry guys we try real hard but we're, we're still working on it after almost three years we're still <laughs> on it. well like to be to be fair to you two and like i uh, shout out to everybody on our patreon who is super supportive because i had talked about last week when i was like hey i know we don't talk about it on the mic a lot but like this is kind of our fun outlet like we know we could do yeah. things to be more successful but that's not we've we've and we like behind the scenes we've all talked about it right where i was like we could do this it's we could make this a, a, a company and we could we could launch and we could be bigger not necessarily huge but we could be bigger and we all talk about like well that's not, that's not really what we're in this for 
So we didn't end up doing that stuff, but we never had those conversations out loud. But when we did start to do that, shout out to everybody on the Patreon who was like, Oh no, don't do that. Then like they, they were super supportive. Like don't do it. Like I remember Lissa cause Lissa checks the Patreon more often than I do. Cause again, I have a pee brain recently. Uh, she like sent me screenshots. She's just like, look what they're saying. They're so nice about it. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm going to cry. Like that's so nice. Cause like even patrons who already like pay us for our work are like, no, if you don't want to like do that, like, even more so then don't we'll support what it is now and i'm like that is the sweetest thing i've ever heard in my life it really is and like i have a couple of friends who aren't like creatives at all they're more on like the business aspect so when you hear me do my dude bro business talk it's like that's the stuff i talk about with them and uh Mm -hmm. basically they they were giving me the unsolicited of like well if you did this this and this you know you guys would have an empire and i was like i know if you don't think that i've brought that up as a possibility for us you're wrong however we all agreed because we're also creatives are like well that we don't want that like the podcast is fun we don't want to just be podcasters we're doing other shit and they're like i just don't understand you could be rich and i'm like well like you just don't understand artists like you don't work with them. <laughs> like if yeah, we can eat art- we're usually good <laughs> yeah. exactly a lot of artists don't wish for much like we just want to do what we love and have enough money to sustain doing what we love like that's literally it (laughs) like we're not looking to build an empire there are some that i don't want to say overarchingly because there (laughs) definitely are some who do that and more power to you if that is a goal of yours but that's not usually a goal of ours (laughs) well that's the thing is like i remember when we first talked about it i was like well this could make sovereignly trolls blow up uh, but it would have to be a little bit it would take up not way more every time but definitely more and you're like well then no i already don't write enough as it is i'm not I'm not doing more of this. And I was like, fucking stick to your guns. Hell yeah. Because I was like, at first I was a little bit like, man, like, but money. And you're like, I, I, I just don't, I just won't have it. And I'm like, I, I support it. Uh, but it, it did take me a little minute. Cause like being on more on the producer side, especially for slovenly trolls where I'm like, I really just give you guys a home on a place to, to go for it. And then sometimes we talk about other stuff. So there is a part of me where I'm like, well, my job is to make it successful, but you definitely saved me a bunch of time when you're like, no, nah, we're good. And I'm like, fucking cool. So I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> and that's allowed me like, it's probably a good thing that we did that because all of the comic book opportunities that opened up for me this year, I don't think I would have been able to do any of them if we would have launched it because to give people a little bit of like a peek behind the curtain. So we were looking at a small business loan. Um, It would have been way better rates than most people get just because I, I, you know, I, I know I don't talk about it here online. I went to school for accounting. I'm, I'm very good when it comes to the dude bro money stuff. So getting financing to start a business is a privilege that I would have been able to, to afford us. So we could have launched and been pretty okay for like a year and I had like a salary. And so like, that was the idea. I was like, here, we could do this. And everyone was like, Hey, maybe not though. <laughs> and because we didn't do that, I feel like it's worked out pretty well. We're like, this can just be fun for you two. And this is a fun outlet for me to meet D and D people and talk about this aspect, but, uh, make a few fans for comic books. Uh, not everybody. There's a lot of, uh, crickets when I post something about our comics on our Patreon, but every once in a while, I get one or two messages. You're like, hey, I didn't put it on there because I didn't want to be associated with you, but I do like comics. Uh, so <laughs> it's like it's like when like the cool person at, at high school is like, no, nah, no, nah, I didn't want to say anything when everybody was listening, but that's pretty cool that you do that. <laughs> I don't want to put this on a public. Like, <laughs> but, um, listen, 
Yeah. Uh, so there, there's your little uh, peek behind the curtain moment uh, for this episode. Uh, moving on to the village crier. This is where we go into the center of town and shout about all the stuff that you can't necessarily buy, but you should probably still know about. Uh, this is Dunstan Dragon's latest playtest. Wants to sell you the dream of being a fantasy landlord. This comes from Dicebreaker. Uh, you need to go read this one because uh, it was entertaining. This is Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. Uh, NIMBY some class not included. Dungeons and Dragons previewed another peek inside the upcoming updates, decidedly not additions, to its massively popular uh, tabletop RPG, this time featuring the new Bastion system. This player-focused activity housed inside the Dungeon Master's Guide Ugh. effectively allows adventurers to create and maintain a little slice of domesticity of their own while also filling it with hirelings, industry, and downtime systems. Now, I am so torn on this because yeah. we've talked about it on here. We talked about it just like a couple weeks ago, I remember. It's like I love the systems of like town and world building that are in mechanic. Like they're in the, the rule set of like, well, you could have this base and you can build in these mechanics and it it definitely ties into like the cozy stuff, but also the base building aspects. So I was super pumped with that. But the outlook that everyone has is like, oh, so you can be a landlord in fantasy world now too. I'm like, well, that's accurate. Like that's a, <laughs> that's kind of shitty yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, but it's outlined in the new Unearthed Arcana, Wizards of the Coast uh, method of playtesting new material. Bastions unlock at level 5 and can take whatever form the player wishes. The system is setting agnostic and apparently quite flexible to suit the needs of any campaign. Whether players want a quiet garden of herbs and rare plants, a bustling watering hole doubling as a fence, an info broker, or a fiery forge, Bastions want to give player expression in the form of property ownership. <laughs> <laughs> so like the branding here not necessarily great but as a person i'm trying not to like look a gift horse in the mouth this is exactly what i asked for basically uh so we that's did, exciting we, did, we have talked before about like oh we need more like specific things on like uh i think we didn't say like home ownership per se <laughs> yeah we like, we weren't home. specifically trying to run uh, a b and b uh an airbnb in right. here you know but we were talking was, about like base building yeah, like base building and like having a home base and how important that is in any game. So, I mean, people have been asking for this. This isn't coming out of like left field or anything. I I don't think this is necessarily how D&D &D and Wizards has advertised this new Unearthed Arcana, but it is how people are taking it. Because, 100%. Um, of course it is because the economy is in shambles and there's this wonderful line the irony of home ownership being a headline feature in a fantasy RPG is not lost on me. <laughs> We're all like any millennial Gen Z who's reading this is like, ow, like, yeah, of course we need like this in a D&D &D game because we can't have this in real life. Just, so like D&D, &D, to their credit, is not like marketing it this way, but it is how like a, a very large portion of their consumer base is like, really, this is the next thing that you release, even though we've kind of been asking for something like this. So I can't really fault wizards that much because I feel like there has been like a, a need for something like this for a while. It's just the snarkiness of this article makes it seem, I think worse than it actually is. Yeah. It's, I am a little bit like, I know often I'm like, no, I 100% agree with this. I disagree a little bit. I think this is a little bit of, of beating them over, <laughs> beating the dead horse, you know, just, just a little yeah, exactly. bit. Same. Yeah. Cause like this can be used for a lot of other things, but, yeah. but you can also 
build a passive income and be a landlord. Sure. But like there are other base building mechanics in here. Um, uh, it's so they, they also mentioned in the article blades in the dark, which is something that I've always used for like base building. It has a lot of really cool mechanics for running like factions in the city or having like a base of operations and then going out um, like out on your marches type style game. So uh, the fact that D and D's finally adding this, like like we've mentioned on here, like this is something that we've been asking for. So I'm excited about that that addition. Uh, the fact that it's coming on on the heels of all the other stuff that I don't care about with this new system, I mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel. I'm a little bit mixed, but I yeah. think this is mostly a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's also weird because I looked through the D&D Beyond, like, playtest materials page because mm-hmm. I didn't want to – I, I haven't looked through the rules specifically. It's it's chunky. It's 23, pe- it's 23 pages for the Sun Earth Arcana. So, like, it's for people who do genuinely want, like, base building stuff, I'm sure there's something in here for you. Uh-huh. But I was just looking through the contents of their Unearthed Arcana playtest materials. This is the first Unearthed Arcana they've released since they started doing one D&D stuff, which I <laughs> – is weird i'm like why are you so hold on so you've been super gung-ho about this one D thing and it's been recently justifiably getting criticized because you keep they keep rolling back like the biggest changes so it's that doesn't even feel like a new edition anymore which to their credit they've never really been marketing it as that way but now they're really not marketing it that way like at all they're taking away all the big steps that they were supposedly supposed to be doing with D&D 1. But, like, the first Unearth Arcana that you release is base building after, like, <laughs> all of these players' handbook and tests, like, for one D&D. I just find – I don't really know what else to say about it other than that's interesting. It <laughs> like, is, and, you why... know, like, looking into it, like, I'm, I'm actually reading through a lot of it now. I actually do – I think I agree more with Chase here and people who are being a little bit more cynical about it because the stuff that they're putting in here – is mostly like the landlord stuff like really I, yes it's not really base building not i mean it, it is base building and they th- there are levels to it from what they describe here uh but a lot of where the meat of it is is that later mm-hmm. hey you have this base these are your hirelings that's what it costs so i'm going to read from later on in the article just because it does sum up a little bit uh pretty well so uh chase asked this question what kind of stories will dungeons and dragons allow players to tell with this new system the cynic in me would say the same as its core rules a power fantasy of exceptional uh, exceptional individuals who aren't given the tools to roleplay care and community with the same depth as enacting violence and enriching themselves. Random table rolls might send the fantasy cops to arrest a player's ex-felon stable hand, and if they neglect a bastion, the rules as written can only imagine it being abandoned, looted, and raised in that order. Without the direct intercession of the player, what are the small folk to do but become aimless criminals? The bastion <laughs> system could be so much more if Wizards of the Coast wants to sell me another power fantasy, don't give me the rules for role-playing a neoliberal uh suburbanite landlord or landed gentry let me practice radical community action repatriating gold coins from cruel dukes and constructing a community garden protected by awakened trees and myconids it's not grizzled and action film worthy but i've experienced uh, enough wealth hoarding and housing violence in the real world this these are the points that i was saying like i totally agree with it because there's just a lot of rules for like defending your base attacking a base what happens if you don't defend your base uh Versus, like, nah, I want the system where, like, how do I put out my crops? Like, I want an intentional community. <laughs> um, right. I could already build, like, a castle thing. You know, I want mm-hmm. I want to build, like, a small town rather than my, my mm-hmm. armored base. 
but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe I'm in the minority I, and maybe Chase is too. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I do like how each room seems to have its own little like prerequisite and space and like how many higher, like it is like, it's very detailed. If you want like a specific room built, it'll tell you exactly how you do it how many hirelings you need, how much money it's going to cost. So it is, like, very in-depth, but there is that sort of undercurrent of, like, well, what if you just wanted to do, like, a couple weeks of a campaign where you all just play domestic for a bit? Sometimes that can be fun. How are we going to go to the Shire with this? (laughs) Um, But, like, I think – so I'm going from the bias of, like, players who don't reskin stuff, right, that don't do a lot of work mm-hmm. into changing the rules to bend what they need. Right. I'm still super excited for this system because the issues that I have with it, I would just ignore. I'd be hey, able to use this out. really good base. In my opinion, I think it's a good base for stuff, and then build mm-hmm. upon it and add those systems that I like and and kind of change mm-hmm. it up a little bit. And the fact that there's a rule set for my players to look to, I could go, hey, it's like this, but I'm going to add this, this, and this. And I think that that would yeah. go a really long way because that's already what I do with D. So I'm still excited for this. But for the people who don't, the people who play purely rules as written, I could see where this would be an issue. I could see the complaints here that it's not quite what everyone's looking for. Um, But I think... uh, Again, this is opinion-based, right? And this is what Chase is saying. I think there's a lot of players who do want that base fantasy, who do specifically want to attack somebody else's base and uh, want to be able to defend theirs. So I think you have to build in those things. Uh, and then add the caveats later where it's like, well, if you don't want to use the rule for hoarding money and building your base armor, uh, you just ignore that. And then you just do the farming part. Um, Mm -hmm. but you have to build for the, the biggest thing, the biggest, you know, action set piece. So they can do that. So Mm -hmm. I, kind of see it both sides, but I'm excited for it either way. And I mean, this is also unearthed arcana, right? So it's not final. So I feel like if our like consensus is we like that direction that this is heading and it could be better and maybe you just chose you're just a bunch of gen x and boomer generations who can afford a house and maybe that's and be a landlord if you want to be but that's not really an option for a lot of people of the younger generation to play D. so maybe like getting that younger opinion or getting that general consensus opinion of like hey we like what you're doing here however we need more options for X, Y, Z, not Bingo. the ABC that you have on here. You can tell them that. Yes. Like it's, it's unearthed arcana. So if you don't agree with the direction of this, you can like give them feedback and hopefully they will take that into consideration. And also reading into this, apparently this is part of one D and D, but it's not advertised this way. So I got to take back my previous statement because the, the second paragraph of this says, while the public play test for, the player's handbook continues we want to give you this earthly taste of material slated for the revised dungeon master's guide so this is meant for one D D. yeah but it doesn't yeah. again it's not advertised that way either they're literally taking a step back because they don't even put it like it's oh yeah this is one D D stuff no they're like hey this is under arcana but also it's like we're play testing for it's a- yeah they're like sneaking it in there so i'm just like what the fuck are you doing guys like i don't okay i don't just call it 5.5 literally it's all this is <laughs> like stop shying away from it it's fine you did 3.5 and it was received super well like like, what's got your panties in a twist, man? Like, why? I don't understand. <laughs> and they don't I, either okay. is, is part of the issue. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't think they need to, like, 
get rid of anything. I think that they need to start building a little bit wider for this mechanic. Like, yeah. I like what they have here. Now add options for the people who don't want to raise somebody else's uh, base Give to the ground. You us know? a fishing mechanic. <laughs> exactly. I need my fishing <laughs> mini game. I need my farming mini game. I need <laughs> I need that stuff because uh, I, I I don't need to be a landlord. I have enough problems with them in real life. So right, exactly. Like we don't. That's not our fantasy, man. No. Like we want to take them down and murder them along with eating the rich. <laughs> It's like, so, like I'm, I'm trying to work on building kind of an intentional community with some of my friends and a lot of them backed out recently because they're just, like capitalism has beat them down so hard they're like oh, wait we would have yeah, to trust each though. other to own it together yeah and i was like yeah, yeah that's the point and they just can't mm-hmm. see pat they cannot they're like but what if what if like you got cancer and you couldn't pay your mortgage? I was like, you'd have to help pay it. (laughs) And if you got cancer and you needed someone to help pay your mortgage, I would help pay it. That's the idea Uh here. And there's like, no, 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 I couldn't do it. It's just, what if I, what if I want drinking water and you want, or like you want well water, but I want to be hooked up to municipal water. I'm like, I I think we could find some sort of middle ground here, but (laughs) but there's just like too stressed. I was like, capitalism has just hurt so many people. Capitalism has ruined us. Absolutely demolished us. (laughs) So I started with a group of 10 people and we were looking at a plot (laughs) of land of like 20 acres, 30 acres. Uh uh, And now it's down to four people, two groups. So me, me and one other uh, friend and, and his wife um and that's it <laughs> so we're buying 10 acres hey uh, if it works it works man. oh 100 it's still cool and i'm not mad at anybody who didn't do it i just felt bad i'm like capitalism has broken people so hard that they're just it like really well has. like what what happens yeah. in 15 generations when i want my kid to own 25 acres on their own i'm like i don't know i don't think that's gonna happen anyways but <laughs> that's yeah. that's the thing like i'm trying to explain to people too where i'm like it's kind of like the people who vote for millionaires, you know, and billionaires. And they're yeah. just like bootlicking, not because they, they love them. They just like, they think that they're going to get there sometime. I'm like, I don't know. How, I don't have the heart to explain to you. I'm like, you're never going to be rich, buddy. Like, you're not going to have this if we don't team up. But I don't want to be that guy, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, you listen, you're going to be poor for the rest of your life. We might as well start planning for it. <laughs> might as well plan to like live our poor dreams right right but that's okay but uh so like i since that's already my reality i'm like just give me the farming sim D. okay just let yeah, me yeah exactly just give us a far like stardew valley is so popular like you you can't not see that so like just and like, cozy gaming super popular because and gaining popularity since the panini like look at trends man like look at the people who you're marketing to like listen they're giving us clash of clans and what we want is stardew valley we just want stardew valley just give me stardew valley stardew valley is getting a big update soon you if you don't think that's gonna ruin my life i'm so excited for it because emily's like been getting it more into it and she's like oh like i'm (gasps) I'm excited yeah like she's finally she's finally started a farm and stuff and she's into it yay and oh and so i was like maybe yes yeah, so it's like maybe we jump in with this new update but uh oh anyways uh speaking of video games and whatnot we're gonna move over to our bardic inspiration section this is where we talk about all of the things on the stage and screen that were inspired by ttrpgs um we only have one item on the docket today but it's a big one baldur's gate 3 final fantasy 16 and the witcher actors party up for D Asheville play series the natural six 
Uh, this comes from Matt Jarvis over at Dicebreaker. A group of video game actors and personalities are joining forces in new Dungeons & Dragons 5e action play series, Natural 6. Natural 6's party of adventurers brings together Doug Cockle, a.k.a. Geralt from the Witcher series, Ben Starr, Twitter King, and Final Fantasy XVI's Clive Rossfield, and the voice behind those breathy, sexy scenes in Baldur's Gate 3, Alex Jordan, Old. who also played Mr. <laughs> Hands in Cyberpunk 2077's uh, recent Phantom Liberty expansion. Joining the actors are video game industry personalities, Holly Bennett, who previously headed up YouTube channel Play PlayStation Access, and uh, how do you say that Irish name? Aoife. Aoife, thank you. Aoife. Aoife. Uh, Aoife Wilson, who for full disclosure is one of our video pals over at fellow Read Pop site Eurogamer and also nice. played in D&D series Break Quest Club with the Dicebreaker team. Leading the group of original characters will be Dungeon Master Harry McIntyre, known for portraying Noah in Xenoblade uh, Chronicles 3 and playing I... Uh, an Ithel world in Netflix series, The Last Kingdom. I don't know any of those words, actually. Me neither, sorry. <laughs> Alongside appearances <laughs> in video games Final Fantasy 16 and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Natural Six will see the party venture through the world of Reliquay across a 10 episode series with video game music composer Alex uh, Mukala providing the soundtrack and artist Matt Owen illustrating the crew's freshly made characters. This is like, I, I don't want to say. Critical Role 2.0, because this doesn't, but it just sounds like another. It sounds very reminiscent to Critical Role, like basically, but in a, a larger landscape now, where Critical Role has already had a bunch of success all over again. But seeing all of the the music and and production behind it, with all of these new voice actors that people are really digging, this is interesting. I'm excited for this. Uh, so basically the, the point that I was trying to make is it's kind of, it reminds me of, it's not to be like reductive, but it's like critical role 2.0 if we have to get fully like super reductive. Thing. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, as a critical role fan, I'm like, I don't want to be offensive because yeah. it's, it's different, but it does. I'm like, it's really giving me deja vu. You got all of these voice actors who are, yeah. those people are like, a lot of them are huge right now. Right. And like, right. they got like a big music in like, like production behind it. And, mm -hmm. uh, they're coming out and it's tied into their Kickstarter campaign, which they're doing with, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the deck of many friends and it's going to allow backers right. to pop up in the game. So like they're already tied into products. Cool. Like they're doing a, a lot of stuff that critical role had to do kind of on the fly slowly over time. But with hindsight yeah. being 2020, they go, oh, well, we're all voice actors. We all have fans. Like people would like to hear us do it. We yeah. can do the production high quality. Um, so it's like, they can kind of skip over some of the growing pains in my opinion. So yeah. it's it's really interesting. I'm shocked it I'm shocked it took this long for somebody right. to literally copy and paste the critical role formula because everybody in order to be quote unquote successful in any creative industry, like the biggest piece of advice you usually get is you need to find your niche and you need to like lean into it. So critical role's whole thing was yeah, it was people playing D and D like online, but it was also voice actors that uh -huh. people knew from really animes video games and like they are professional actors and that really if that was being done i'm not 100 percent sure it wasn't being done on the scale with the production value the critical role had so they had this magic formula right at the beginning and it seems like they're trying to replicate that and i mean literally i mean a little bit of offense but not total offense to this it's all it's another all white cast too yeah. which kind of <laughs> like i understand like critical role was is part of the reason critical role is very successful is because they were all friends before uh -huh. so if these people were all friends before they and they are. already have that chemistry 
I kind of understand why they're doing that. Like I under like it's huge part of any actual play. You need to have chemistry. Just bringing to get people together for the sake of diversity. It has really big pros, but sometimes those come with cons as well. It's a very nuanced conversation. Yeah, it's like well, we're not our, our pals all around the table are all white that place, so this is the group. Right. And like, so it the problem is though is like it doesn't make them stand out necessarily. But I yeah. Think- in a sea of people doesn't make them stand out and like critical role started to get that criticism and they're the biggest like the biggest actual play and they've tried to you know uh they've tried to i don't want to say fix it but they've tried to address those concerns by bringing on a lot more guest stars that are people of color that are more diverse than them and they've that's how they can do it while still maintaining the chemistry that they have them you know is the undercurrent of their success in one of one of many undercurrents of success but like with this one it's like i don't know like are you not consciously aware of that fact in the conversations happening right now because there's so many actual plays that look exactly like this that literally have this like your niche of voice actors so i feel like I'm also being a bit more critical than maybe these like probably very well-meaning people like deserve, but it's just like, we've seen this before and there are so many conversations happening around diversity, especially if you put this online for people to see and like, I don't know. It's just, I can see where it would damper some people's excitement for it, for sure. Not necessarily shouldn't exist. Not that, but like, I can see where people are like, are are a little bit less interested. The interesting part for me, like not only that it's deja vu 2.0 is like, these are like the really big names right now. And like I said, like a lot of them are nerdy. Like, I don't know everybody from the cast, but specifically the voice of Geralt and the voice of Clyde from Final Fantasy 16. Those are people I've seen pop up on a lot of other podcasts that I listen to in different like YouTube networks Mm -hmm. and stuff. And like, they are, really nerdy people they are friends and they do play DD. uh so like that part is exciting but i could see where i'm like well this has already been done before so and also i think i'm not the target audience already because i already i've already kind of hit uh full you know um saturation when it comes to actual plays (laughs) so like not looking for a new one on top of it but i don't know it's interesting but for super fans of these people, I'm sure they'll definitely have an audience. Like, Geralt alone. Like, I feel like people Geralt are like, oh, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> oh, shit, Geralt's playing. Exactly. <laughs> playing D&D, holy shit. And also, I would love to see him play, like, the opposite of... <laughs> I want to see him play, like, a little, like, goblin sorcerer or like, something real, like, charisma-based, because... Geralt in the games is like the opposite of charismatic. Hey, hey, so he's got the out. riz. He just doesn't need to say a lot of stuff. He's very charismatic in his loins yeah, and in his, his timbre. He doesn't. Oh, he's a man you of mean all these? Words. How do these women fall for him? Oh, he's oh he's just him. Oh, okay, that's it. Oh, right. okay, he just says two nice words to them and they they're paying. Listen, are, okay. some some people it works, man. <laughs> like, listen, we can we can poo poo it all day. I know many people that that's plenty. You know what I mean? Like, I I have to work a little bit harder, sure, but like that doesn't mean all men do. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's fair. Some people just look like Henry Cavill. You know, it's just uh, it's just what it is. Some like some yeah. people got it. 
It's uh, unfair. <laughs> listen, in D and D rules, like charisma is more than just what you say. So mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a vibe. It's all about the vibes. It's a vibe. It's all about the vibes. But yeah, so I was curious if you were excited about this. Now I I know that they're not necessarily all games that you play. So there's that, and like you already have Critical Role. I know several people that have basically been like, if Critical Role had people from the games that they liked. Or, or from, like, like the anime that they liked, they would have watched Critical Role. So the fact that this new group is popping up, um, and, and to be fair, not all of them are voice actors or anything, but because a lot of them are, I think this has the potential to blow up pretty quickly. And because they have such production behind it, like, they're, they're thinking a little bit ahead of the game. It reminds me a little bit of, like, Worlds Beyond Number right like yeah. so they knew going in they needed sound to be a big portion of what they're doing not every actual play goes in knowing that not every actual play yeah. goes in going well we need a soundscape for this um and a, and a lot of them learn that you do especially if it's purely podcast form um but like i even think back to like the original episodes of critical role and like how quiet some of those moments are yeah. So <laughs> literally. Yeah. So like, I was like, oh, you can hear a pin drop. You hear somebody pulling out their little snack, you know? <laughs> yeah. You just, you see and you hear them nomming on pizza and Cheetos. And I'm just like, well, that's pretty quintessential DD. It never really bothered me too much, but I could see why. Like, it would bother <laughs> some people. 100%. <laughs> so, like, I, I get it for sure. Um, like yeah. I said, I'm not necessarily excited, not because of a lot of the things we talked about. I just, I don't watch that many actual plays. So I already kind of hit critical Same. mass so uh let us know yeah. if you're excited about it and you know and in why and why is it Geralt uh so <laughs> uh I'm sure there's other people too Clive is pretty big from Final Fantasy 16 people like Clive uh that's where my familiarity ends but I'm still I that doesn't even I just know who Geralt is like that's listen <laughs> that's I'm telling you Final Fantasy 16 of all of the stuff I say go play I think you would dig Final Fantasy 16 but you have, an, you have an Xbox because you're a coward, so. I have an Well, I've been playing Starfield, like, nonstop. So, like, I'm pretty content with my choice <laughs> right now. It's only because you can't play Baldur's Gate, right? I mean, it is. But, like, also, I'm genuinely having fun playing it now. I've gotten, like, way more into the main quest. And, like, I'm very intrigued by the whole, like, premise of how it's set up. And, yes. like, I've done some of the faction quests and stuff. Like, unfortunately for Starfield, like, it takes so long to get into. It's kind of like a fantasy or an epic sci-fi book where, like, it takes, like, you need to Once read you get to book like three, it really sets pages. off. You just got to read 4,000 <laughs> pages first. But then, I don't, man, like. I don't think it's to that extent. I think no, it's more no. like 150 pages into the book, which still, in my opinion, it long. shouldn't be like that. It's too long. You need to get into the book, I, I believe, in the first 50 pages. Like, and I have the same criticism of starfield like it doesn't hold your hand like you have to learn a lot as you play which i'm sure is a lot of people's cup of tea it was not mine i got very frustrated i almost quit the game multiple times but if you persevere <laughs> it's actually pretty fun but i hate that i had to get to that point but i am genuinely having fun now that i've been playing it for like x amount of hours and you get this much into the main quest and you're like oh okay no i really really like this it just you have to put in the time which a lot of people just don't have frankly so it it sucks that that's how it's set up and i don't know why they did it that way but i am genuinely enjoying the game 
and I will keep playing it until Baldur's Gate finally releases on Xbox. <laughs> Larry and you fucking cowards. Give They're it to me it. now. They're working on it, man. Like, they, it was already done. And it's <laughs> the Xbox people that were the cowards, for the record. Uh, yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I know I you know, but uh, but in case I don't want people to be like, oh, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, um, actually, <laughs> no, I know. The Series S is the problem. I don't have that. I'm a big girl. I bought the Series X. <laughs> you fucking Listen, poor people. I'm being punished. Day. I'm being punished because the people who bought the Series S. No, I'm just kidding. The it's joke for a long like, time in my friend group when I bought the PlayStation 5. And actually, it was before, like, even like PS4 back in the day. We were, sure. like I had an Xbox and a PS4 because I made bad financial decisions. And whenever like a game mm-hmm. came out and it was just exclusive, I was like, you fucking poor people ruining it for me. I can't play these games with my friends because you can't afford <laughs> to buy the new system. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it just... Uh, I could go on and on about the like stupid culture council wars. Like, yeah, it's yes, all dumb, it shouldn't but... actually be a thing, and it's so stupid. <laughs> like, I, but... I hate it because it's capitalistic as hell. But I put I put a I fair don't. amount of time into Starfield, and I, I I there are things that I really like about it, and things I think are just terrible. And I, how are these mm-hmm. the people that made Skyrim sometimes? Uh, I but... yeah, I think they just they are Icarus, and they literally flew too close to the sun because it's in space. I yeah. think they tried out a lot of really like big ideas that on paper probably sounded great but the technology i'm so sorry it's still not there and your creation engine cannot do that even if you really try and i just it's an outdated system it's not that i don't think some of, i think it, it reminds me a lot of what people did with like some of like the the nft bro and the ai people where it's like isn't this neat and I'm like, yes, it is objectively neat that you could do these things. Does sure. it make it fun? No. no. Does it make it something I want to spend <laughs> all this time with? No. And that's no. where, like, I think what I learned is, like, I prefer a more cultivated experience when it comes to Same. my Western RPGs. So walking mm-hmm. around the empty planets was just not a good time for me. When I wanted to do that, I've yeah. done that in No Man's Sky, and that can be a good time. When it comes mm-hmm. to flying in space, I really like playing Elite Dangerous. So there's just, like, other things that I get those experiences from that I yeah. didn't find sur- were surpassed in this game and uh like my buddy that i that you know shout out let me play their steam copy oh <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. well that xbox copy but you know like the computer version so i could try it out because i was like i'm not playing it even they didn't want didn't enjoy the game until they beat it like they, they were not enjoying it until they got into new game plus well no okay so that's what i don't want to get into spoiler territory but there's a point in the main quest they i think bethesda genuinely i genuinely think because when i figured out what they were doing i genuinely think like i've never been a new game plus person i think what they're doing with new game plus and how they're integrating it into the main story of the game is genius flat out like i've never seen anything like that in new game plus before i think they're doing like really really cool things but again, it takes you so fucking long to get there that like that genius and that really good idea. Genius is probably a strong word. It's a very good idea. And I really, really like it a lot, like what they're doing and how they are incentivizing players to do a new game. Plus, I think it's such a cool concept. Like, I really, really like it a lot. But to get there <laughs> is just such you have to follow just the main story basically and there are so many like forum posts online that are like oh just you should just do the main story and then finish the game and then do a new game plus and then do everything else and i'm just like well that's not how i like to play games and if it's not then don't do it that way but that's how so many people are saying is the best starfield experience and it very well might be but like it's it's not everybody's 
way to play. So like I get again, it's this very like they tried a lot of really cool things, but some of them just didn't really pay off. And, and I can't wait for the next Elder Scrolls. And that's right. just and, and I think that <laughs> they'll be able to carry a lot of those lessons over there in like a decade if they ever put that out. And like I, I agree, I think sure. the new game plus stuff is really good. However, other games have done it before. They didn't do it as well. Like, so I will say that like Starfield sure. definitely okay, does okay, that okay. idea better. And I would say like okay. more complete, like the idea, I don't want to spoil anything because it is really cool. Um, yeah. But like the, I, the general idea has been done before, not nearly as well as Starfield has done it. So while they weren't the yeah. first of the party, I think they've definitely done better. However, I don't think they do a good job of making you excited about that facet until near the end of the game. Right. Um, it was, it wasn't until I reached part of the, like, I'm, I don't, I think I'm like three fourths of the way done through the main quest. If, and my, if my knowledge of narrative has anything to do, I haven't actually looked up like, Hey, how many quests do I have left in terms of narrative? I think I'm about three fourths of the way done with the main quest. Right. When I got to that point, I knew a hundred percent like what they were doing. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's really, really cool. I don't want to do that yet. I want to finish all the faction <laughs> quests. <laughs> I want to I want to finish all the faction quests because I hear the Crimson Fleet is really cool. So I, I started that. I'm finishing up all the side quests that I've gotten along the way. I might join the Rangers. Maybe you see. I don't know. Like there's all these things I want to do because that's the way I enjoy and play games. I don't want to go finish the game first and then restart everything over because I've already done so much. You know, so it's Same. just the structure of Starfield is like its biggest downfall. But like what it's trying to do, I appreciate I just, yeah, I hope they learn their lessons for the next Elder Scrolls game and the next Fallout game because there are so many good things and really cool ideas. And hopefully, like, in the years to come, they'll, like, learn from. Learn from my mistakes. And learn know? from Baldur's like, Gate because that game, man, I fucking oh my God, love it. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I haven't been able to go back as heavily, but I, I, I finally got out of, like, the opening area and I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And every time I'm like, I want to do this thing, but I know this character's going to get mad at me and I'm not going to be able to talk right. and explain. Like, so for instance, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, goblins are going to attack this area. And there's a goblin that you can break out, basically. Oh, and, I've done that. Okay. Yeah. And the okay. idea I wanted to do, I was like, I want to break them out, but I want to double cross them. But everyone in my yeah. party is going to be mad at me for breaking them out. And That's basically... They give you a chance, like, they explain, they're like, hold on, but why? Why, though? Why'd you do this? And I was like, oh, well, I wanted to double cross them. They're like, oh, okay, we're cool then. And I was like, shit, yeah. this game has thought about it's most of these things. It has. It's just, it's genius game design. Like, it's so good. You can tell the people who made it, like, played D&D &D and tried to mimic the experience as much as they possibly could, which is why it's a fantastic game and why I'm so mad that I can't play it yet, Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cowards. But anyways, thank you so much for listening to us talk about everything but D&D &D today. Uh, <laughs> we had to do it. We had to pad it out is the thing is there wasn't a crap ton of news that we haven't talked about already. So yeah. we had to, you know, expand without well, also, Lissa here. I was going to say, Lissa reigns us in. Like, this is really all Lissa's fault. We got off the rails because she wasn't here to rein us back in. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know Lissa really knows how to keep us on the rails. <laughs> Uh, and or um, Lissa likes being completely quiet and going word, mm -hmm. you know, just like yeah. <laughs> uh, our, our very our very tame and sleepy hype man. 
Always. But uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. If you like this, head on over to campykillcreations.com. You can check out all of our other podcasts over there. You can check out my comic books over there. Look for T.S. Luther at a comic book shop near you. Tokyo Fire was fully funded over on Zoop. I have a new crowdfunding campaign launching in February. And if you back Tokyo Fire, you'll get your issue in December. Check that out. You can go buy copies of Growing Up at CampyKillGrations.com. All the links are over there. Uh, if you like comic books, go follow me on TikTok, Can't Be Killed Comics. Uh, I talk about comic books and Beetleborgs and lots of fun things, so go do that. If you really, really like this show, you can head over to Patreon.com slash Can't Be Killed Creations. Give us a buck or two. It keeps the mites on uh, and the lights rolling. You can check out bonus content, early content that nobody else gets uh, over there, like Slovenly Trolls After Dark if you want to hear more of Sharday and Lissa if you want to hear even more of them you can check out our book club <laughs> Bitches and Books that comes out every other month uh, and Lissa hosts that so if you want to hear Lissa talk even more then uh, you can check that out um, we also have Sharday's lore rewrites over there uh, where she makes uh, D&D problematic content less problematic so go check that out and if you want to get this show early you get that sometimes not all the time because sometimes we don't record on time <laughs> So, <laughs> sometimes so, life happens sometimes the fact that you get it all at all is purely because of patreon so uh I'm like, people paid for this i have to give them something but uh yeah but uh, yeah so go check that out Charday, where can the people find you online they can find me running many different slovenly trolls uh social media accounts i am still on twitter even though it's still burning in a cesspit uh i am on blue sky I'm on TikTok, and all of those are at Slovenly Trolls. Woo! And also, I host the Slovenly Trolls, but that's, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yep, that is it. Melissa cannot be found. Uh, not by us or anybody else. <laughs> She's used a greater invisibility potion, and she doesn't know how to turn it back on or off, technically. She doesn't know how to turn it off. Yeah, she's in the land in between. <laughs> she's just in limbo vibing exactly what was the the uh crap they did a terrible the movie adaptation of it with mark Wahlberg. It something bones the mist no no no, no. it was an adaptation of a book um and you're uh. it, he was not in the mist um but uh <laughs> the... i know he was in like he was in some horror movie with a bunch of fog right no he was in the happening with no fog it was oh the fog. happening that's what it was no but it doesn't really matter there, there's a book where a little girl is in the in-between because like is she murdered is she not murdered she's schrodinger's dead person uh, uh-huh. <laughs> her bones or something like that anyways oh, the lovely bones the lovely bones thank you movie not so good the book very good um, <laughs> very sad from what i hear i i still have been on my list for sad. probably a deck for probably a decade but then people said it would make me cry and i'm like that it is the thing you tell you me cry. if you don't want to read that because like i like drama as much as the next person but i have to be in the mood for it so like i will and it's not like the it fun off. drama of like oh who's sleeping with who it's like a full family right. drama about this missing child and like how that breaks a family Ooh, these interpersonal like <laughs> yeah, family it's not there's no uplifting dynamics. moments of that book. no i know exactly what that book is about yeah. because i've been somewhat spoiled i don't know the entire plot but i know like the basic premise of it no, there's I'm not like, a lot of fun to be had i don't yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Um, it's like Bo Burnham. I don't want to do that. Like, um, <laughs> thank you. 
<laughs> not today, Satan. I know. I want to be happy. Get behind you. her, Satan, okay? Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We're sorry. We're the Cave Trolls, and we're out. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, the Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much. Thank you.